Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back to the sports complex on a Thursday afternoon. Short show today. Got Rangers pregame at 5:30, but we're gonna give you 25 minutes of sports complex goodness. I'm your host, Patrick Davis. On today's show, we'll get, we'll keep talking about the Brett Yormark comments because it is very big right now in Texas talk points. Uh, Brett Yormark, what he said up at Texas Tech. Joy McGuire was on Jim Rome right here on this station a little bit earlier. We'll talk about that. Uh, we got a little sound from Nick Saban and picking his starting quarterback, Shohei Otani, and the Angels. Keeps getting bad, bad, bad to worse. Jonathan Taylor, there's some actual suitors, more reports this trade may actually happen. Sam Williams arrest and Jerry Jones being Jerry Jones. And we'll try and get to a little Devondre set sound, get some more UT football as well. All that coming up here in the next 20 or so minutes. We're going to try and get to you. You can join the conversation, 512-337-3776 is how you can join the conversation. Uh, let's start off right where it's everybody's been talking about it for the past few days, This or the past since it came out yesterday. Let's put it that way. Uh, the sound of Brett Yormark, if you have not heard it yet, then we will play you some of what Brett Yormark said, but he is basically talking to a group of people in Lubbock uh, talking about what what he thinks about Texas and OU this season. And he's pandering. He is very much talking to a select audience. I, it's the same way that, you know, every comedian and, and uh, musician and everybody, when you're playing whatever town, you go, you're the best audience I've ever had. He's doing some of that. But he's doing some other stuff. Here's Brett Yormark, what he said yesterday, just to catch you up if you haven't heard. In addition, candidly, we were able to get Texas and Oklahoma out a year early. That was a big deal for us, and I think all of you. Okay? And, Coach, I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but I'm going to be in Austin for Thanksgiving. Okay? And you better take care of business like you did right here in Lubbock last year. So, of course, the big talking point, which everybody's mad about, is how can we expect any type of fair treatment as Longhorns if the commissioner, who everybody else and the, the, the referees and umpires or whoever else is working for him, they, they have already told that he's, he's come out and said, we would prefer if Texas and OU lost every single game on the way out, we would prefer they didn't win a game and they were nobodies, which isn't really true because what he would prefer, what he'd really prefer is if game day was in Austin on Thanksgiving – or the day after Thanksgiving, and th- th- that game was, uh, you know, national television and a huge game because he's making it a big game that this is the the Big 12's last 
F you to Texas for leaving the conference. It's just it's just building it up. But this is the fun part if you're a Texas fan. And I get there is some worry that the the officiating won't be as fair. We know that the officiating has been questionable at points the last couple of years. That's what we did. We knew it was going to be bad this year. But that is the CDC motto, that what Quinn Ewers said, what has been repeated multiple times. Sark has gone forward. If you want to be John Wick, if this is a John Wick season for Texas, which is what they say it is, all gas, no excuses, it's the John Wick season, us against the world, well, that's the world that we knew it was going to be there. there. I don't think there's any surprise to anybody. I, it's shocking to hear them say the quiet part out loud. But I prefer that because I feel that past regimes – would be more, would say the quiet part 10 times louder in private and would go to officials and say, hey, you know, uh, just saying, uh, you know, they're leaving. Those guys screwed you. Those guys are screwing you out of money. We didn't get the TV deal we wanted because of those guys. So you're losing money because of those guys. I could believe the previous regime would be closer to that. When we had uh, the Big 12 Media Days, the whoever deputy come out and talk trash. You know what's going to happen. But if you want to be John Wick, you got to take it. And this is the reality. Uh, Joey McGuire went on Jim Rome today, and he knew not to say anything. He knew when Jim Rome directly asked him about the comments and about Texas. He said, you know what, Sark's fine, and Sark's a good coach, and they're, they got a really good team. And uh, that's week 12. That's so far away. We're worried about week one, so we're not even worried about that. He knows. He knows he doesn't want to give them any more fire than they already have. He's, he can fire up his team. He doesn't want to fire up Texas, too. It's 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 not a huge story. And then once it gets to – the good part is, once they've said the quiet part out loud, if there's a game with egregious officiating, not bad but egregious, just terrible officiating, you can now point to that and go to the NCAA or go wherever else you want to go. And the NCAA is an inept organization, too, so they're not going to be able to do much. But you can go to wherever and say, look – this is what's happening. These are your referees. This is in your game. And you can complain there. But I don't think that's going to happen because I think there's all gases, no excuses tour for Texas. And I think they can go ahead and run away with it because this is a down year for the Big 12. We've seen listed in every uh, player poll that tech, that the Big 12 is barely represented in the in the rankings. They're not – Big 12 is not hugely up there in a lot of them – that. I mean, TCU played for a national championship last year. That's why they're on that. And because they're playing Colorado week one, they're going to be on those lists. But I don't think people have huge expectations for a lot of Big 12 teams. So if we're not too worried about a lot of Big 12 teams, then I'm not too worried about these comments. Now, Texas has to beat Texas. We understand that the people who's going to beat Texas is Texas. You just now have to say in the third and fourth quarter, you know, use that incentive to call a better game plan for Sark in the third and fourth quarter. Use that to play harder in the third and fourth quarter. Have that in your back of your mind is, you know what, you, these refs may not be for us, but we're John Wick. We're not caring what the referees do. We're just going to go out and beat them, and what are they going to do? Are they going to call holding every single big pass play? No. Are they going to, are, are they going to, uh, you know, are they going to try and call offsides on plays that aren't offsides? Are they going to make, you know, late hits on every play? No. There's going to be a few plays. There's going to be holding that they don't call. It's going to be a really hard season for, for Texas edge rushers. But that's kind of what you signed up for. You knew that. And once you get to the SEC, guess what? It's going to be harder because the teams you're playing are better than the teams you're playing now. And speaking of the SEC, we'll go over to Nick Saban, who we're playing week two, which is a bigger game than Texas Tech because if, if, they, if Texas gets run out of Alabama 
with their with their tail between their legs, then you know the rest of the season takes on a different meaning. The whole reason everybody got gassed up last season was because they had a moral victory against Alabama. I remember going out before the game, before that game, and doing remotes with the ball don't lie guys, and and people were coming up, and we'd ask them how what they thought of the game, and most people's reaction was not within three touchdowns. Most people were three touchdowns over three touchdowns where they thought it was not even going to be close. There was no hope for most people. And you would joke and you go, maybe, maybe you held out that little bit of hope. But you, in reality, you didn't think anything was going to happen. So for us to now be at a point that we can actually be walking into a game and have expectations that this is a game Texas can win, and one of the reasons is because Nick Saban doesn't have a quarterback and he is not letting he's not shying away from it. He's playing Nick Saban games too. Here's Nick Saban and the question I believe is in asking about picking a quarterback because his his fans want to know who their quarterback is at Alabama and he hasn't said. Oh uh, yes, coach. Um I wonder if there's a downside when you have a, the quarterback position and the players taking a long time to uh separate themselves and make the decision for you. I guess way to put it. Yeah, but that's kind of up to them. You know, like I said in here before, you know, I told the quarterbacks, I said, quit looking around for me to make a decision about who's going to play. How about you playing good enough that I don't have a choice? That's what you can control. That's what you can do. And somebody needs to do that. And um, it's sort of, you know, taking shape to some degree, but somebody's, somebody's got to do it. And, you know, where you all think that, you know, like whoever we name as a starter for the first game, that's like the end of it. It's not the end of it. It's just the beginning. So what if a guy doesn't play good? He's not entitled to keep playing. And the guy that doesn't play is got every opportunity to practice and be more consistent and win the team over so that when he gets an opportunity to play, he plays really well. Already playing mind games for, for his team, already playing mind games for Texas. Nick Saban there talking about his quarterbacks. And part of that is, you know, whoever we play against Middle Tennessee in our first game, don't don't expect them to be the starter week two. We could change that. We could have two quarterbacks play. We could have three quarterbacks play against Texas depending on how that goes, depending on how uh, we feel that our, our, our game and our, our quarterbacks are playing. We can have all of that. That's where Alabama's at, which tells you, as we know with Texas, that was a problem Texas had. And not having a surefire guy that you trust at quarterback, which I'm trusting Quinn right now. I know some people don't. Some people will never trust a starting quarterback ever. That's just the reality. Some people I've met, it doesn't matter who it is. They say Aaron Rodgers shouldn't be on there. You know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, he should watch out. You know, if he gets too cocky, that may be an exaggeration. But Quinn Ewers is the guy right now, and I expect him to be just fine. He's going to play against Rice. He'll play probably, hopefully, half a game. Hopefully, he it'll be you know a big enough lead out that you'll get to see uh, Malik Murphy get out there. You may even get to see an Arch Manning, but I don't know if you'll get to see him. But you'll hopefully get to see Malik Murphy come out because Tex will be running away with it, and you want to keep Quinn Ewers healthy for the Alabama game. You want to keep him healthy for hopefully a long run in the season. So I get that there is 
trepidation about Texas Tech and the Big 12 officials, you have to you have to go ahead and beat Alabama first. And if you beat Alabama, it changes the message because then it goes into, well, this is a Texas team that may be playing for something more. And as much as the Big 12 doesn't want Texas to, to you know, on its way out, win the Big 12 and not play in a, a national bowl game, I'm pretty sure Brett Yormark would be just fine with Texas winning a national championship and the Big 12 claiming a national championship. Or Oklahoma winning a Big 12. And by the way, it's hilarious that no one even mentions Oklahoma and Oklahoma gets to walk away like they're just getting dragged along with Texas. <laughs> like, that, that the, cause be, cause there was a Longhorn network and not a Sooner network that it wasn't in the Big 12 negotiations, the Southwest Conference that drove it all apart and where everybody left all upset because everybody didn't get an even split, even though most people don't bring the same amount of money. Has nothing to do with wins. Nothing to do with wins. Has to do with the amount of money. How life works. And they would still not want to go over to Oklahoma was bringing in more money. They didn't want to care. Just a funny thing. But in, I, I, I'm excited for this Alabama game. When you hear audio like that and you can tell, I need somebody to step up. I need somebody to please show me that you want to be the starting quarterback at Alabama and be good enough to do it because there, I, there's no doubt they're working hard. But I think he knows. He knows he's not going to make it through the whole season with one quarterback. And if he picks one and they suck, Week two, week, and then get into the SEC and they suck again. What's he going to do? Uh, I do want to talk about something. Uh, we're going to get into NFL in just a second. But I ain't going to mention this before we take a quick break or talk about something else real quick. But if we get into Shoei Otani, uh, the news came out today uh, that is basically blew out his elbow. He blew out his pitching arm. Uh, he is not going to be able to continue pitching. This is probably the biggest bungling of – a player and what you do. And still, they may still keep him in the offseason. That's still a real possibility. I don't see how. I don't see any reason why he would should want to stay in a in a in a place that instead of doing what was best for the franchise and you know foregoing immediate financial benefits to, you know, have the contracts, the endorsements, and everything else for Shohei, and to have all of that extra fame of having Shohei Otani on your team that you could have traded away for a great package. And, I, and I'll also tell you, when this news came out, it it's not hugely surprising, and I think it's one of the reasons they probably didn't get a package that they fully wanted was because a lot of people thought he wasn't going to be able to pitch till the end of the season. And if he was, he was going to have to get shut down for a long part of it because he, he kept having injuries in the pitching game. So it's not surprising to me that Shohei Otani is having to shut it down. It sucks how bad of an injury it is that surgery is forth is forthcoming, and then it's a question of does he finish out the season? If I'm Shohei, I'm done. I, I wrap it up and say I'm getting a big contract. I want to come back as healthy as possible. We're six games below 500 right now. Why am I stressing about this team? I'm done, and you know what? If you don't let me walk away now, there's no chance I'm re-signing with you. You better let me walk away so you maybe can, I can say, you know, these guys had my back when I was hurt. At least give me that. If you won't even give him that, why would he want to stay? So if you're going to make him play, if I'm showing, I walk away. I say, cool, I got my season accrued. I played the down to dates. I, I, How did I get hurt? I was pitching and then hitting in a, in a doubleheader back-to-back game. That's how, that's how it would happen. And I didn't find out until the second game because he did an MRI in between games that I was not going to be able to pitch anymore. And I don't think it's in his character. I think his character is that he wants to finish playing and then try and just get it all fixed in the offseason. But that could be a 
$50 million, $100 million mistake. And we know the, the Angels have already made a few mistakes. He already had Tommy John surgery in 2018. If I'm Shohei Otani, I'm shutting it down, and I'm telling them this is the only chance you have to resign me is to let me walk away right now. Mike Trout's been shut down. We don't think he's coming back. It's, it's uh, your team's under 500. Get everybody healthy. You should have traded him. It's one of the it's one of the biggest mistakes. It's why the Angels are the Angels is because they took a a 10 percent chance at something possibly happening in a division that there is now three teams fighting for that top spot that they're not even close to. Just bad management. They need to sell that team. Marino needs to sell that team. Something that I, I will sell to you. I will tell you about this, Longhorn fans. I want to tell you again about some of the best Longhorn apparel you can find anywhere, and you can find it at the University of Texas Co-op. The 40 Acres Collection offers exclusive and custom-designed apparel for the whole family. It looks good. It feels good. It's awesome. Limited edition, on-trend, fashion performance, luxury apparel, wicking, SPF 50, and easy care, and it's gear that gives back. The 40 Acres has made a financial commitment to the University of Texas Co-op Course Materials Scholarship, giving free course materials to Longhorn students. They're doing good stuff with good shirts. It's a win-win. Every penny of profit from the co-op goes directly to the Course Materials Scholarships, and the co-op thanks 40 Acres for expanding scholarships this academic year. So come on by. Go on by the University of Texas Co-op. Get geared up. Get ready for rice. Get ready for that Alabama party you're going to. You may have some Alabama friends. You may be going to a bar to watch. You may be having a good time. Get ready. Get your Texas shirt to go out this weekend and go watch USC because they're going to be on the Pac-12 network. Get it from the University of Texas Co-op and get geared up with the new 2024 collection of 40 Acres Apparel. Hook them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Jonathan Taylor news in the NFL is kind of mind-boggling to me. It is a bit surprising to me because when this came out, it seemed very much as a tactic from the Indianapolis Colts to, look, if you want to go look for a trade, fine. You got till Tuesday because that's when we got to put you on the, the physically unable to perform list. You got till Tuesday, but you know what? Go do it. You're, there, no one's going to trade a first-round pick for you. No one's going to pay you the money. We know the market. The market isn't changing. We've seen that Saquon Barkley had to eat it. We know that uh, the rumor is Josh Jacobs is going to try, will probably come back week one or week two, and he just wants to make the Raiders sweat so they don't franchise tag him again because he says he'll hold out longer if they do it again. So that's what the rumor is about John, with Josh Jacobs. So you know this guy wants to pay. No one wants to pay the running backs. No one wants to give up a first-round pick or, or something that's matching. So, you know, a second, a third, or something like that. But apparently, there's six teams who have reached out. I do not believe the Cowboys is one of them. The Cowboys should not be going for this right now. There's other, you know, more affordable running backs that will become available. And someone else that you may be able to add other than getting a guy and trying to pay him and then figure out. And then you already have Tony Pollard. And then what happens if Tony Pollard turns out to have this amazing, great season? And you've got Jonathan Taylor now and you got to keep one. And now you trade away a pick. I don't, I don't, it, I, it would be great if they could get him for a fourth. 
then yeah, you do it, and he doesn't have to sign the new deal, then awesome. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. Uh, there's two teams that we know for sure are in this trade, are in the trade uh, suitors they're talking. First is the Dolphins. They've apparently made an offer. It's not a good enough offer that they've already pulled the trigger, but the Dolphins doesn't. It's not too surprising. Mike McCarthy, as much as he has a lot of cool uh, pass plays and all that stuff, he does come from the Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan tree. And what do those guys do? They ran the ball, and he's been trying to find a guy to run the ball. So he has a track team. But hey, man, if you put a Jonathan Taylor that can just beat up a D line and put make people come in, and then let the track team sprint past him, that one-two punch, whew, could be deadly. And when you talk about that division, other team is the Rams. Interesting. They don't have a running back. They'd probably be very willing to give up Cam Akers. Another team that's interesting, Chicago Bears. I think you can give up one of your running backs, whether it's Foreman or Herbert or Roshan. You probably, they'd probably want Roshan or Herbert. You put that back in the deal. You get Jonathan Taylor. You pair him with Justin Fields. You have a running game that is just deadly with Justin Fields and Jonathan Herbert. You try and open it up a little bit over there. I like it. I like that one. I feel like if he fits the city of Chicago, a running team fits the city of Chicago, right? So if I'm going to go with with those teams, the one that's in, enticing to me is, is the Dolphins because if the Dolphins get Jonathan Taylor – and the Jets have just added Aaron Rodgers. What does that mean for the Buffalo Bills? And I know we're not. I'm going to ignore the Patriots, but I, the Buffalo Bills. When you were now, you're you could be third in your division. You went from a team that was projected to be in the in the NFL playoffs or in the NFL Super Bowl to get the furthest. And Josh Allen's progressing, and then Brian Dayball leaves, and it seems to be that's falling apart. And Joe Burrow's here now, and he's taking your time and. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes isn't letting up in the AFC. And now Aaron Rodgers is over there. And now you're going to add Jonathan Taylor. If Tua learned how to, to actually fall now, you're adding all these pieces together. And that's who you have to start playing when you're here at the, when you're playing those games. That's crazy. I don't know if, if they're able to do that kind of thing and, and to keep up. And this is where I talked about hot seats for coaches. I'm wondering if Sean McDermott is on the hot seat in Buffalo. If this team comes in third place, he's on the hot seat, right? If he comes in third place, you have to say that Sean McDermott era is over, right? You have to move on and change something else. And if they're not in the running to get a Jonathan Taylor because they refuse to run the ball for whatever reason, Buffalo's got to do something. Stephon Diggs, I know Stephen A. Smith makes up stories. He was saying that Stephon Diggs wanted out. He's definitely going to want out if this team is not competing at a high level anymore. Something interesting to watch there. Uh, we got a little bit of time left. I, we're out very early today for Texas Rangers baseball. It's going to pregame starts at 530, so we're trying to shove as much in. I'm trying to quick hit you, guys. I know it's a quick show, so I'm trying to quick hit you. Uh, I do want to play this clip, though, from uh, Jerry Jones today. If you have not heard it, uh, Sam Williams got arrested. It's Texas stuff, but, yeah, gets arrested, has THC, so I guess it's a, a liquid form, not just weed, but I don't know if it's weed or like hey, whatever it is. It shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be as big of a problem as it is. They're giving him a felony charge. Uh, and then he had a gun in the car, which it's not illegal to have a gun in the car, but it is if you have drugs with you. So now it becomes illegal. But when Jerry Jones was asked about it, his response, it's just, it's pure Jerry Jones greatness. Well, uh, first of all, I'm saying that he is as, which is more often the case than not. Uh, this sh- sounds a little hollow, 
but he does and is uh, maturing, uh, and he is. Uh, the uh, uh, what was he going? Sixty six. Was he going sixty six miles an hour? Last year? No, this year. So he's thirty four miles an hour less than this year than he was last year. Ninety eight to sixty six. So that's improvement. That's improvement. Ninety eight to sixty six. Only Jerry Jones is the only owner who can come out and completely ignore every other charge. And, but I look, this is why players love playing for Jerry. I think why he is the king of second chances. And speaking of Jerry Jones, let's get to Patrick's Big Fat Poll today. We don't have much time to talk about it on the show, but we'll get into it online. You can join the conversation there. Follow me on Twitter at It's Patrick Davis. Follow The Horn on Twitter at The Horn ATX as well. Uh, let's get into the Big Fat Poll today. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the Horn. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day today. Before we got to get out of here, with the rash of uh, of Netflix documentaries on sports properties, on Johnny Manziel, on uh, on the the swamp, the Swamp Kings, which are kind of nicer things, so you can add some drama in, but they're kind of just nicer things, right? With all of those happening. What Texas player, what Longhorn would you want to see a documentary? These are the four I'm thinking of. I think you got to put Ricky Williams in there. I think you got to put Earl Campbell in there. I think you got to put Vince Young in there. And I think you got to put Colt McCoy in there. And Colt may be the last one. I don't know how much drama is around Colt, but if they would hold Puffy for Tim Tebow, let's do one for Colt and those teams as well. You can do the whole story about how he would have won a national championship. So that's a big fat poll today. What Longhorn in Longhorn history would you want to see a Netflix documentary about? That'll be our poll of the day. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Texas Rangers coming up next. We'll be back tomorrow with a a mostly full show before Vandergrift football takes over. So join us back tomorrow right here on the Sports Complex. Until then, be kind to each other. Keep Keep yourself safe. Keep your underwear clean. And we'll see you back here tomorrow on the Sports Complex on the Horn.